Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I'm preaching on the topic of what's left. And I believe in, hopefully in the next uh, 35 minutes, I can answer that question of what's left. Um, I believe we serve a, serve a God of not what's lost, but a God of what's left. And, and oftentimes religion shows what you've lost and what you don't have and what you, what you haven't lived up to. But Jesus says, what do you have left? And I can use that. And so um, in Judges chapter 16, you know, Judges chapter 16, we're going to start in, in verse 16. And uh, this is talking about a man named Samson, a man named Samson. And it says, she, talking about Delilah, tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. What a great... Uh, <laughs> Finally, Samson shared his secret and said, uh, my hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anyone else. And Delilah realized that he had finally told her the truth. So she, so she sent for the Philistine rulers, said, come back one more time. She said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands and Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with the head in her lap. Well, he shouldn't have been there in Jesus' name. And, uh, come on. And then, uh, and then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his, uh, of his hair. And if this, uh, in this way, she began to bring him down and, and his strength left him. And then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And when he woke up, he thought that uh, I will do as I've done before. I'll shake myself free. But he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him. They gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza where they bound him with bronze chains and forced him to grind grain in prison. And, but before long, his hair began to grow back again. We're gonna jump down to verse 28. It says this. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, said, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. And with one blow, he let me play, pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars and he held up the, that, that held up the temple, pushing against them with both, both his hands. He prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistines, uh, rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he did in his entire lifetime. That's an important statement. So they, he killed more people when he died than he did in his entire lifetime. Lord, we thank you so much. God, we honor you. And I, I ask that it's not my words, but it's your words today. Speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Potential is, a, is an interesting thing. It's an interesting word. Potential speaks to what could be. It's not what's present or what's happening. It's something that could be. We all have a God-given potential in our lives, a potential to be this God version of ourselves, that, the, the, the version of ourselves that God's created us to be, using our gifts, our talents, our abilities, and, and using it to the full capacity in God. And we all have this potential. The moment you're born on this earth, you have a potential that God has placed on your life to be someone great and to have a destiny and purpose that is great. But do we always reach that potential is really the question. And see, potential is, is, you know, we often think of it's this one big decision that you make in your life that you miss the potential and, you know, oh man, that's just a waste of potential. I wish they wouldn't have made that decision. But usually it's not one big decision, but it's a, a process of making little decisions that lead to these big decisions in our lives that keep us from being who God has called us to be. Keep us from reaching this potential. Keep us from reaching this version of ourselves that God has created us and molded us and shaped us to be. And so it's these little decisions in our lives that we make to, to, to accept a counterfeit 
uh, uh, potential, a counterfeit purpose from the devil. See, the devil will use the gifts and the abilities and the uniqueness about you and give you a counterfeit to keep you from reaching your full potential in God. He'll say, this will give you potential. This will help you reach your potential. But it's a counterfeit because he doesn't want you to reach God's potential on your life. And we have to realize and recognize that just using our gifts and the abilities that God has given us really isn't reaching our potential. Because it says your gifts are irrevocable, that we all have gifts that God has created us with. And just because we use them, and we, it doesn't mean we are fulfilling God's potential to the fullest. I believe that it's we, when we find the why God has given us this gift and the what are we supposed to do with it is when we begin and, and we respond to that and we begin to do the why and the what instead of just doing the gift. That's when we begin to walk into potential in God. But when we just use the gift, it's just the scratching of the surface. See, Samson uh, w- w- was a judge, and he was, he was set to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. Now, now S- Samson was just scratching the surface of his potential because of that line at the end. It says that he killed more Philistines in his death than he did in his life. That, that is also representation. When we die to ourselves, we can do more in God than we can do on our own strength and our own ability and our own gifting. So, so, so yeah, that's good. Amen. Um, come on. <laughs> I'll clap myself. Amen. Uh, well, praise God. Anyways, and so uh, uh, Samson is this, is, is he, 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 his whole life was so reliant on his strength and his ability, you know, to, to, to defeat anybody without even, you know, breaking a sweat because God had given him the ability to, to do that. God had given him the ability to be strong because he made a covenant. He said, do not cut your hair and, and, and you can, you know, and you, you, you will have strength. You'll be able to defeat anybody and you will deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. So this was his potential. He had potential to be great. He had potential to be this judge and this deliverer. And, and, and to an extent, he actually did that. He, he would, you know, he killed people with his bare hands. He killed a lion and he took a jawbone and then killed a thousand Philistines. This dude was bad. But when I say bad, like Michael Jackson bad. Like he's like that good. Like this dude is, 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 is a gangster. Like for real. And, and the thing about, like, you know, Samson was the guy that we all hate. He could eat whatever he wanted and he still had a six pack. He, you know, he never missed leg day. He never missed the gym. This dude was in the gym. He was ripped. Like he had, you know, head and shoulders hair. He was like, he had it all. He was like the spokesperson for head and shoulders back in the day. If they had it, you know, he didn't have dandruff. It was like beautiful. It smelled great. He was it's just Samson. This is him. He had all the potential in the world. He could do everything. You know, he, he, he was, you know, Samson, Samson, he's our man. If he can't do it, nobody can. You know, this is Samson. He's, he, you know, he, he, he had everything. He had the potential. He had the strength. He had the ability. He had, all, he had it all. He had the Instagram followers. He had the Snapchat bless up. You know, this was him. Like, he was, you know, and so we, we, we see Samson and we see him, his potential, and we see what he's doing and we, we see that he begins, you know, to walk in it a little bit and his gifting, he, like I said, he, he killed a lion with his bare hands. He killed a thousand Philistines with a, a, a donkey of a jawbone or a, jaw, a, a jawbone donkey or whatever it is, you know, the, yeah, donkey's jawbone. Yeah, there we got it, whatever. He, 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 he didn't use weapons. He didn't need it. And, 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 and he began to, you know, to, to walk in his calling, but Samson had a weakness. Samson had a weakness, as we all do, and, and, and his weakness was, was women, you know. And uh, one day, this, this girl walked up, and, and her name was Delilah, and he saw her. He's like, woo! And he goes up there. He's like, yo, baby girl, you're looking fine tonight. You know, let me get them digits if they had a phone. Like, we're going to bring it to modern times. Like, let me get them digits. Like, hit me up sometime. Like, here's my Instagram. You follow me. I follow you. Maybe direct message, slide into the DMs, whatever. Like... 
let's do this. Like, you know, so it started out and they're just texting. He's like, yo, baby girl, like, good night. Like, kissy face. Like, she's like, good night. Like, Samson. Like, and he'll text her in the morning, like, good morning, babe. Like, how you doing? Like, Samson's calling, you know. She's like, and so, you know, started out there just texting a little bit, a little flirty, you know, back and forth. And he's like, he's like, I'm feeling this girl. Like, she's fine. She's funny. She's smart. Like, she's got it all. Like, oh, she's amazing. And, uh, you know, they begin to talk and, and it's going well. And, you know, and so he's hanging out with her and she's like, you know, Samson. He's like, what's up, baby girl? Like, you know, this is how he talked. Like, I don't know why, but this is how he did. He's like, what's up, baby girl? How you doing? And she's like, I'm doing good. Like, she's like, can you just tell me your secret? Like, how are you so, women, you guys, like, how are you so strong? She begins to affirm him and tell him, like, you're so strong. She's probably grabbing onto his bicep and is like, man, Samson, your muscles, like, they're so big. They're so, you're so strong. Like, how, how did you get so strong? Like, how did you do it? And uh, what's your secret? And uh, he's like, you know, if you, if, you, if you bind me with brand new ropes, I, I, I'll be as weak as any man. I'll be as weak as any man. She's like, okay. She lulls him to sleep and then she calls the Philistines and he wakes up and he breaks the ropes and he kills the Philistines. That obviously wasn't it. And so she's like, yes, that wasn't your secret, Samson. Come on. She's like, oh, sorry, baby girl. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I lied. You got me. Like, and she's like, what, what's your secret? And he's like, well, you, you have to put my hair in a braid. You put it in braids. And, and if you do that, then I'll lose my strength. She's like, okay. She lulls him to sleep and Samson's an idiot, by the way. He went back after she already tried to kill him, but what? <laughs> whatever. So anyway, so they, he, he braids a hair and, and, and she's like, Samson, the Philistines are coming. And he wakes up and he just beats them all up again. And she's like, that wasn't your seat. Oh, sorry, baby girl. Like, and it says he got tired. And he got tired of her nagging him. He got tired of her asking. And he got tired. And, and, and how often is this a picture of our Christian walk that, that the devil keeps throwing things our way. And though we know they are unfulfilling and unsatisfying and actually trying to take us out, we continue to go back because it's a safe zone. It's a comfort zone. And it's a weakness. And we continue to go back to what's the, you know, the thing that's trying to take us out. See, Samson knew Delilah was trying to take him out. Yeah. Samson knew that Delilah had a plan, that Delilah had a scheme, that Delilah was throwing out a counterfeit of what it really was. But for some reason, he continued to go back and then he got tired. He got tired of the nagging. He got tired of the temptation. He got tired of someone pulling him away. And he's like, you know what? I give up. I can't do it anymore. Just cut my hair. You know, if you just cut my hair, I'll be weak. Because he, he was so reliant on his gift and he had just scratched the surface, but he had become complacent in, in, in who he was that, that he was like, you know what? I will give up the potential that God has created me to be because I can't take it anymore. He was unwilling to leave a situation that was difficult because he, he, he almost felt comfortable in this weakness, felt comfortable in this relationship that he knew was unhealthy, that he knew was taken away from him and taken away from his God-given potential to be who God had called him to be. And so he's, he's sitting there, and in this moment, he's like, you know what? I'm tired. I can't do it anymore. This is my secret, you know, girl, whatever. He goes to sleep, doesn't think anything of it. And, and as he's sleeping, she cuts his hair, she shaves his head, and, and she says, Samson, the Philistines are here. I need your help. He wakes up. He's like, oh, I'm going to do as I did before. But it said the Lord had left him. There's going to come a point in our life that we're going to rely so much on our own gifting or maybe our own religious, you know, like, I, you know, I go to church. I'm good. You know, or, you know, I, I read my Bible. I'm good. You know, I, I listen to Hillsong worship every once in a while. It's pretty good. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, I, I, I'm good. 
I'm good. I'm good. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this thing called life. I can walk this journey uh, uh, called life on my own. I don't need help. I don't need to go to church every week. I don't need to. I don't need that. I, I'm good. But we get to this place where we're like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then this temptation keeps coming in the place that we haven't ran from. And we stick in this weakness. And there's going to come a moment where your strength will leave you. And you cannot do it on your own. And you're going to be like Samson. Well, I will do as I did before. But then you find yourself not able to. I will fight this like I fought it before on my own, me, by myself. I can do it. I can do this. I know the word. I, you know, I've read the Bible before. I've watched TVN before. I know I can do this on my own. I got this. And then we hit that moment of weakness again. And that moment of the, 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 that, that counterfeit moment that the, that the devil throws at you to, to keep you from reaching your God-given potential. And what do we do? We give in because we're tired. We're tired of fighting on our own. We're tired of pushing the devil away on our own. And you say, you know, I can't do this anymore. Life is too much for me. I give up. And just like Samson, as we try to fight this battle on our own, then you say, you know what? I, I, I can't do as I did before. And then what happened? They, they take Samson and they gouge out his eyes and, and then they, they bind him with bronze chains and they put him in jail and have him grind grain and and these things are, are actually symbols and symbolism in the Bible because everything is. And really, the first thing is let's, they gouge out his eyes. So when we get to this point of, of doing it on our own and battling on our own and never leaving that place and knowing that it's a counterfeit, we lose our vision. The first thing that happens is you lose your vision for life. You lose your vision for the potential that God has put in your life. You lose the vision for the destiny that God has put on your, on your life, the destiny for your family, the destiny for your business, the destiny for your marriage, the destiny for your children. And we begin to lose the vision and the place that God has taken us and, it, and is taking us. Have you ever tried to use directions, you know, go to a place without an iPhone and not have directions and go blind? Like, I don't know, you know, I, I'm, I'm 22 years old, so I, I don't know how you guys used maps back in the day. That made no sense. I feel like I got more confused looking at a map than I would not using a map. I feel like I would be able to figure it out. But like you looking at a map, all the lines, everything, I don't, but have you ever tried to go a place without any direction? You, you, you will get lost and you'll go to different stops that you never intended on going to. You may end up in your destination eventually, but you go to different places that you never intended on going. And that's exactly what happens when we lose our vision for life and we lose our vision for our potential. We'll go on. We'll, 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 yeah, that's good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm I get really focused, you know. Um, we, 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 when we lose our vision and when we lose this, when we do this place where we try to do it on our own and, and the devil gouges out our eyes and takes away our vision and, and we begin to, we, we forget the potential that God has put on our life and the destiny and the calling and the purpose for our family, for our business, for our marriage, for our children, for ourselves and, and knowing that we are a man of God, that we are a woman of God, no matter where we're at in our life, that God has put a potential and a destiny on your life and we begin to lose this vision. We begin to go places and go into relationships and and, and meet people and do things that we never intended on doing and never intended on going, but we get there because we've lost vision and sight of the end goal. And we may end up in our destination eventually, but we take these stops that we never intended on going to. We end up in relationships that we, we never intended in being in. We, do, we, we start doing things that we never intended on doing. And we look at ourselves and how, how did this happen? See, that's what sin does. It'll make you look back and say, why, how did this happen? How did I get here? The first step is Samson lost his vision. He lost the, the sight of who God had called him to be. And the second thing was he was bound with bronze chains. We have to understand that bronze is a representation of judgment. 
on this representation of judgment. So when, when, when you hit this place of I can't do this on my own, you get this, this enslavement in your mind to the judgment of other people. You feel like everyone's judging you. Oh, you know, I can't go to church. People are just going to judge me. You know, they, they, you know, I made some mistakes and I can't do that. And, and, and the reason you're so bound to the judgment of others is because you're so bound to the judgment of yourself. You look at yourself and you're saying, how could you do that? You had so much potential. You had so much calling. You had so much destiny. You had so m- how do you do that? How did, you, how did you get here? How did you get here? And you begin to judge yourself and you're going to beat yourself up. And then the devil's got you then. He's like, I got him now. They're bound with this. They're they're bound with this. They're they're, they're so uh, captured and and captivated by the opinions of uh, of other people that they they can't move. That they spiritually they're bound. Spiritually they're enslaved. They're stuck. I got him. They're stuck. Just like Samson, he was bound with chains of bronze. He was bound to the judgment of the Philistines. A champion. A man who had it all now had, was blind, bald, and enslaved, and he was bound to the judgment of everyone else. Everyone, oh, you, this is the champion of Israel? This is the man that was supposed to deliver them? Ha! <coughs> Who is this? He's weak. He's feeble. The judgment of people on Samson's life, even his own people, began, Samson, you were supposed to deliver us. You were supposed to set us free. You had so much potential. You had it all. Look at you now. Samson's sitting there thinking about every word that people have spoken over his life now saying, man, how did I do that? How did I get here? And then he's, they give him a job in jail to grind grain. And in this time, to grind grain is the most shameful job they could give someone. They gave the champion of Israel the most shameful job because they wanted to put him on display and said, we defeated him. He thought he was strong. He thought he had potential. He thought he had it going on, but no, he didn't. Let's give him the, let's put him to shame. Not only is he gonna be bound to the judgment and our opinions of him and the opinions of himself. Now he's thinking about himself. I'm not good enough, but now he's filled with remorse, condemnation, and shame. And he's wow. sitting there like, wow. There's no way. There's, I, don't, I, I deserve this. I deserve to be enslaved. I deserve to be blind. I deserve uh, to, to, to be grinding grain. I, I, I'm not good enough. God could never love me again. God entrusted me with the nation and I failed him. I deserve this. I deserve this. So we're in this place where Samson the champion is in jail. He's bound, he's blind, he's bald. And he's filled with shame. He's filled with condemnation. He's filled with remorse. Let's turn real quick to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, verse 32, and it says this. Then Jesus called to his disciples and said, I have compassion upon the crowd because they have been with me now for three days and they have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, what are we or where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place for such a great crowd? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? Or should I say this, what do you have left? What do you have left? He said, seven loaves and a few small fish. First of all, I wanna point out that if you are in the presence of Jesus, that he will never leave you unsatisfied. 
He will never leave you hungry. He will never leave you saying, you know what, I didn't really get what I came for. No, but if you really truly enter the presence of God, you will leave satisfied, filled, and knowing that I can walk through whatever situation and circumstance that comes my way. But he says this. He said, you know what, you know, Jesus, uh, uh, you know, these people are hungry. We need to feed them. And he said, well, what, 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 you know, where are we supposed to get bread? You know, what do you have? What do you have left? See, oftentimes in our life, we get to a place and, and, and we don't have anything left. And we feel like we're on our last leg. We feel like life has beat us up and they are winning and life is winning. And, the, and, and, and we just can't do it anymore. And we come to God and saying, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. I'm drawing the line. I need you. And then we're waiting for Jesus to step in and just do this crazy miracle where he waves his hand and, you know, we're able to walk on water and float and levitate and craziness. Like, that's what we're looking for, like this crazy God encounter like Paul did on the road to Damascus. God, show up! Or I, I, I don't know if I can do this. But generally and usually, I believe that Jesus' answer is quite simple. He's saying, what do you have left? What do you have left? Because what he was saying to these disciples is, is everything you need for this miracle, you already have. Everything you need for the miracle in your life, you already have. Everything you need for the miracle in your family, you already have. Everything you need for that miracle in your finances, in your business, in your marriage, you already have. And Jesus is saying, what do you have left? See, we have to know that the bread represents the word. It represents the word. And I would like to say this, if you just know one scripture and that's all that you have left, begin to declare that over your life. It's John 3, 16. If that's the only scripture you know, that's cool. Just say, for God so loved me that, 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 that he sent his only son to die for me. That, 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 that if I believe in him, that I shall not perish, but I will have everlasting life. And you begin to quote that and the devil says, you're not good enough. No, but God loved me, that he sent his son for me, that he died for me. And if I believe in him, I, I can have everlasting life. You know what? You're, you're, you're a failure. You haven't met up to your potential. No, 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 no. God loved me, that he sent his son for me, that, 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 that if I believe in him, that I shall have everlasting life. And when these attacks come your way, what do you declare? You, what, you declare what God has said to you in his word. And you begin to declare it over your life. You begin to say, you know what? You, 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 you got, the devil begins to condemn you. No, I am righteous. says, because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When I put my faith in God and God begins to give me his grace, he sets me free. He makes me new. And we begin to declare the word of God on our life. And if that's what we have left, guess what? It's enough. It's enough. For God so loved me that I put my trust and my belief in him that I shall not perish, but I shall have everlasting life in God. That's the word of God. And Jesus is saying, what do you have left? Or maybe like Samson, you quote the word over your life. You say, I know the word. I quote the word. I'm all, oh, Pastor Jake, I quote that word for me. It ain't working. Maybe like Samson, all you have left is one last praise. One last worship. One last moment where you say, God, you know what? I'm done. See, the thing I love about God is God can do more with what's left than the devil can hold all over you what, what, about what you've lost. So the devil's gonna try to hold back. This is what you've lost. This is what you've missed out on. But Jesus is saying, you know what? Give me what you have left and I can far exceed what you could have ever done on your own strength. 
So Samson, get this, this is so pitiful. It's so, it's so, you know, just, just think of this, this scenario. Samson, this former champion of Israel, has to get a young boy to guide him. He says, hey, can you guide me between the two center pillars and put my hands on it? See, take a, take, take, take a lesson from this, is this is why we need community. This is why we need church. This is why we gather. Is because there's gonna be moments in our life where we still haven't found our purpose yet and found our vision yet. We've, it's still lost. We're still wandering. We need someone to guide us and bring us to where God needs us to be. That's why we have small groups. That's why we have man, uh, free chapel men and divine and youth and kids. And that's why we have you know, preview night and things like this. Why? Because it's creating a community of people who are gonna guide us and help us get to the place, the exact place that Jesus needs us to be. Because sometimes we get to a place in our lives that we can't get there on our own anymore. So we need someone to guide us. So Samson has this, this, this boy guide him and, and the keys can come up. I'm, I'm finishing and, and, and he, he guides him and he says, put my hands between the two pillars and just, and, and just let me rest here. Let me rest here. Samson didn't have anything left. He had it all, but he lost it. He had everything, but he lost it. He had status, but he lost it. He had money, but he lost it. He had, he had relationships, but he lost it. He had purpose, he had calling, but he lost it. He lost it all. He lost everything that he thought he needed to be happy. He, he, he lost everything that he thought gave him purpose. He lost everything that he thought gave him destiny. He lost everything that he thought made him, uh, you know, gave him affirmation and gave him worth. He lost it all. And what a place to be in life. That you, you, you've achieved everything. You've got the money. You've got the status. You've got the family. You've got the relationships. Yet you still feel empty. You still feel just like Samson. Blind, bound, and, and broken. And just waiting for God and saying, God, where are you at? I thought I had it all. And in this moment, Samson really finds what the true meaning of life is. That it's not about you and what you have and what you can achieve, but it's about what Jesus can use you to do. Come on, it's good. It says in the Bible that grace comes to the humble, comes to a place of brokenness, comes to a place of where we're, where we're being bound, and, and, and the devil will say, you know what, you're sunk, you're done, you're, you're, you're finished, there's nothing else you can do, I win. But just like Samson, if you have one last praise, the, the, the victory the devil thought he had in your life, the, devil, the, 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 the victory the, the devil you know, has been planning and so pumped that he's got you bound, he's got you, he's got you broken, he's got you blind. And he's like, I got you now. Maybe it is that you only know one scripture. Begin to quote it over your life. But maybe you just need to give God one last praise. Maybe you're in this room tonight, you say, you know what, I'm on my, I, I, I'm on my last, you know, the, the, the last straw with God. I'm on the last straw. I've been praying for a miracle. I've been praying for God to show up. And you know what? He hasn't. I'm bound. I'm broken. I have no vision. I have no purpose. I've, I, I, I've done everything in my life, but yet I'm still empty. I'm still hurting. And I want to challenge you tonight. If that's you, in a moment, we're going to be able to have this opportunity to give God our one last praise. Not a praise out of religion or obligation, but a praise to, to worship a God and saying, God, I can't do it without you. We have potential. Every single one of you has potential in this room, no matter how old or how young. God has potential for you, and it's a God-given potential. 
It's a God-given purpose. It's a God-given destiny. And the only way to, fu to, to fully reach this potential is to give it all to God. And one last worship or one last quoting scripture over our lives and whatever is left, when you give what's left to God, this purpose and this identity and this, and this calling in your life, you begin to walk in it. And it's effortless and it's easy. That's grace. You don't have to to try to earn it and try say you know what I just if I can try a little bit harder and be a little bit better then I can reach the purpose in my destiny no 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 all you have to do is in a moment of worship is give everything that you have see my dad has been a youth pastor for 25 years and it was so funny he uh this person came up to him and said pastor Jude that was a great sermon you know really did awesome uh, I, you know, I, I've decided I'm going to make Jesus a piece of my life. I'm going to make him a piece of my life. It was so good. Thank you. And uh, he used this analogy of a pie, you know, and uh, he said, you know, Jesus can't be just a slice of the pie. He's got to be the filling. He's got to fill every aspect of your life, your friendships, your relationships, your, your, your job, your family, your marriage, everything in your life. Jesus needs to be the center of it all. That's what it means to give what's left. But oftentimes when we come to church, it's just, this is just a piece of our life. You know, I come in on a Sunday, I clock in, I clock out, I raise my hands. And then we wonder why are we still empty inside? Why am I still, why, why, why do I still not have vision? Why do I still not have purpose? Why? Because it's all about just an action of, oh, this is what I, I just, I did that and I'm good. I check it off the list. That's not Christianity. Christianity is coming to a place of brokenness and saying, you know what, God, I can't do this life without you. And I'm going to give you whatever I have left. It's not a lot. But you say in your Bible that a faith of a mustard seed, and you could say, cast this mountain into the sea and it will go. God, I have a faith of a mustard seed. It's very small. I don't have a lot left, but I'm going to give it to you. And I just want to see what you can do. So Samson gets to this place. The kid leads him to the, the pillars and he puts his hand on it. And just broken. This is Jesus. Lord, One more time. Just one more time. God, I realize it's not about me. It's not about what I can do. God, it's about what you can do through me. Use me, Lord. I give you what I have left because it's not about me anymore. And in this act of worship and this act of praise and what Samson had left, he began to push. And as we know, the, the, the temple began to crumble and it said that he accomplished more in his death than he did in his life. He accomplished more in this moment of praise, in this moment of giving God what he had left. He accomplished more than anything he could have done on his own strength or his own ability. Today, I wanna to give you the opportunity. If you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, I'm not asking if you know Jesus, the religious figure. I'm asking, do you know Jesus, your savior, your best friend, the person who wants to do life with you, 
the person who wants to restore you, the person who wants to make you new, the person who wants to take you out of brokenness, blindness, and, and being bound, to, you know, blind and not having vision for your life anymore. He wants to give you vision again. And being bound to the judgment of others and, and the judgment of yourself, he wants to relieve you of that and saying, you know what, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I have called you. Let me wash away your shame and your guilt and that condemnation. You are worth it. You're so worth it that Jesus died for you. You're so worth it that God sent his son. He, he, he left his heavenly place and his heavenly throne to come on this earth, to walk through what you would walk through as a human being, to go through what you would go through, to deal with the temptations you would deal with, to go through the struggles you would go through. Why? Because you were worth it. So you ask me tonight, why would I give God what's left? I say, that's enough for me. Why would I give God what's left? Because he gave me everything that he had. He gave me the opportunity to have a relationship with him. He gave me the opportunity to be free. Why? Because sin separates us from God, but because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, we have the opportunity to be set free. No matter what decision we've made, no matter how far we've gone, no matter how many stops we've made along the way, God died for me so I could walk in my fullness of my potential in God, the God version of myself. The version of myself that's, that's kind, that's gracious, that's filled with joy, that's filled with peace, that's filled with, with, with happiness and kindness. That, that I, I don't walk on my own strength or my own ability, but I begin to rely on the Spirit and I begin to be who God has called me to be. Why? Because I gave Him what's left. This is what, this is at, this is, what is at stake tonight. I don't know your situation. I don't know what you're going through, but I do know the answer. And it's not another sermon. It's not just, you know, singing of a song, but it's giving God your everything and beginning this journey that's called life, not on your own anymore, but with God and with a community of people that believe in God and that are going after God and, and that worship God together. And that you can gather on a Sunday every single week with thousands of people who are worshiping God and giving Him what's left. And guess what? That encourages you. When you see that person next to you who's going through it and you know it, and yet they're lifting their hands and they're worshiping and they're crying out to God that say, you know what, I can make this. And then we begin to lift our hands and we begin to worship. That's what community is for. And that's why we're here. So in a moment of concentration and privacy, can we bow our heads? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.